Hey everyone, welcome back to Missions Now podcast, anything and everything missions through the eyes of the missionary. We're back with one more with Brian and Stacy, who's serving in Central Asia. Uh, today they're going to talk to us about what it was like moving overseas with older kids, kids who are high school age, and some of the struggles that they experienced overseas that they wish that people in the church in America realized that people on the mission field go through. So I hope you are blessed by what they have to say. Now, when you guys moved, your kids were older, high school age. So tell me about some of the, the challenges moving overseas with, with older kids. Well, one of the things was that they already had a lot of friends in the States. They had an identity as an American. Um, that actually turned into an advantage, I think, along mm-hmm. the way. There's some pros and cons, I guess, but sure. yeah, leaving friends, you know, was one of, I think, the hardest things for them. And so when we, um, when we moved there, God really blessed them that first summer before school started, even they did some youth events and we were going to the international church. Okay. And so they met people and the community there while small was very, uh, friendly and, um, there aren't a lot of families moving on to the mission field with older kids. Yeah, and yeah. so the older kids that were already there that had been there for years that had grown up there were so excited that there mm. were kids their age coming onto the field. Yeah, And so they were just very open and they embraced our children and our kids made some great friends there. Yeah, And so that was, that was just, we were very thankful. We were, that was an amazing thing that God did to help our kids just to feel welcome and excited to be there within the first month. Yeah, there was that. And I think on the other hand, one of the positive advantages to moving to the field with older children is that they were at an age where they were more resilient to some of the challenges and obstacles that we faced early on, culturally with the food and the climate and things of that nature. And uh, they were able to be helpful. Like if we were struggling, trying to, struggling to accomplish daily tasks. Like for example, our oldest daughter was old enough within within a few weeks or months, she was competent enough to go to the local bazaar mm. and help buy food and things that we needed or run to the local market to buy stuff that we needed. So they were actually able to share the load of moving to this new culture, this new country. And I think it made it easier on us. Yeah. Um, and also, at the, again, at the age where we could rationally explain things to them and talk to them about things, whereas with little children, it's not as easy to do that. Sure. Yeah. How long would you say, and I, and I realize that you know, may have been different for each of the kids, but, you know, did it take for them to kind of hit their stride, we would say, right? To where you see like, all right, this is the, this is the kid that I knew, right? They they seem normal. I don't think that they ever really struggled yeah. with culture shock or anything to any great degree. Okay. They went, as our kids, um, and I think they maintained a lot of their, you know, personality and their who they were throughout the whole process. We, you know, we were very close as a family. I think when we when we moved away, and we did our best to, in spite of the struggles, in spite of uh, learning new language and you know a new culture, we did our best to maintain our uh, family closeness and a routine that our family was used to. You know, we tried to uh, watch movies every weekend or something as a family in English so we could, you know, have that 
that time where we could uh, just kind of decompress and de-stress a little bit. And while our friend, our kids were, our kids were excited to be exploring, sure. learning the culture, making new friends. So that we didn't really see the first year, I guess, very much of a struggle in them. Yeah. You know, one of our children did experience um, some depression and anxiety, but I don't know that that was specifically related to being on the field. Mm. Um, there is a family history of that, and there's okay. there is also some other other issues, but I can't I can't sure. connect that sure. with with being on the field. So yeah. um, I don't want to be unfair in saying sure. that it yeah. was related to where we were. It's possible that it would have been. Regardless of where anyway. we were, it would have happened anyway. So, but God has been working. And so I think there's been a lot of healing in the past mm. year. So we're yeah. thankful for that. Now, two, your oldest two have graduated high school. And um, one of the decisions that you made as parents was for the two that have graduated for their senior year, you had them come back to the States and, and graduate. Uh, from the high school here. Just talk to me a little bit about that because, you know, I, I know that there were difficulties that come with, with that, just how you came to that decision, what that was like, mm -hmm. you know, sort of so, sending them off for that year. So when we first moved to this country, we had a general idea that that might be something we did, but there, there wasn't a definite plan yeah. for them to come back for their senior year. And we wanted to leave it open to them. Yeah. So they both chose to do that. Yeah. They both had the option of staying in country to finish high school. Uh, but there are multiple factors that went into them deciding that they wanted to come back to the States where uh, their friends left the country to go to boarding schools or move on to mm -hmm. college. Yeah. And so they would have been left without any social network there. So they kind of made the decision for them a little easier. Yeah. And we had kind of felt like it was important to affirm their decision. So they would feel like they were their decision and their future was as important to us as our ministry there and our time in country. Yeah. So I don't think it was, it wasn't already planned out ahead of time. It was just an idea. And God was faithful to provide host families for each of them. Mm. And that was something that we also prayed about, you know, if this is what God has for you, you know, speaking to our child, then he's going to provide a place that will um, not just take care of your physical needs, you know, room and board, but also your spiritual and emotional needs. And this is going to be a family that God provides to take care of you and to nurture you in our absence, you know, because we'll be halfway around the world and you really need someone who's going to be there and really yeah. catch you and support, you know, through reverse culture shock and, yeah. you know, whatever may come up, possibly dating or who knows, yeah. you know, so you know, we told our, both of those children when it was their turn to, you know, pray with us that God will provide someone for them yeah. uh, to meet their unique needs. And God was very faithful and did that. And uh, we're incredibly blessed to have two families now who have relationships with those two children. Mm -hmm. That is probably something that'll last for their lifetime, yeah. you know, and yeah. and bless them in ways that we're very thankful for. From a from a heart perspective, how, how was that for you as, as parents? It was incredibly difficult. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we've, um, 
I've I've pointed out to friends that you know our first our first summer back in the states was was great. We were away for two years. We came back. We were so excited to see all our family again. We even met I think four new nieces and nephews. Oh, wow. You know that yeah. had been born while yeah. we were while we were away and. Then at the end of the summer, it was kind of bittersweet. You know, we had to go back again and we left those family members. And um, the following summer we left, um, well, no, the, the, that summer actually we left our oldest. The following summer we left our second. Yeah. And so it, it started to feel like every time we came back to America, we were so happy to see everyone. At the end of the summer, we would leave and leave a little bit more of our hearts behind. Yeah. You know, the first time we moved, it was just our parents and siblings the second time we went back it was all of them plus our oldest daughter mm. and the third time was uh, also our son so yeah. it is it is difficult um but we've been very intentional with keeping in touch through social media and and phone calls and things like that as much as possible yeah i think i think sometimes those are the things that uh maybe the people in the states don't quite realize you know some of these really difficult choices that end up being made, you know, how much that can weigh on your heart, some of the, the sacrifice that it's involved. Um, but, but what's one thing that you wish people in America or in the Western world in general maybe realized about life on the mission field? Uh, for me in particular, um, I think because of the country that we live in yeah. and the spiritual environment, that there is a, I would, there's a pervasive stress that is affecting you every day. Mm. And you're not really even, like, we're not always even aware of it when we're in country. But when we come home to visit, we real, we feel mm. like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. So in addition to all the cultural and the language difficulties that are kind of, kind of little micro stresses constantly. Yeah. Um, there is this pervasive, deep, dark spiritual atmosphere that we live in that does affect us. Yeah. And we know that the enemy wants to break us down. And so the way that you know impacts our emotions and then interpersonal relationships, we have to be really conscious of you know, our time with the Lord and, and really abiding in Him so that we don't succumb to that that darkness. Yeah. And and just me personally is loneliness. Mm. Um, you can have friends there. Um, that are even doing the same thing that I'm doing. So they really do understand what we're going through, but they're not people that you have known your whole life. They're not your good friends from back home. So I think, so there's some incredible loneliness mm. that can impact you. And for me, it comes comes and goes. Yeah. But that would be the, the two things that I think impact us as a family the most than me as, you know, personally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think uh, I wish people understood how, far away we really feel you know even with social media even with the technology we have today which we're incredibly thankful for can't imagine what missionaries went through yeah. you know years and years ago when yeah. they couldn't even when they had to write letters you know yeah. you got on the boat and you say goodbye right right the last time you saw yeah people. and i i'm incredibly thankful for the technology that we have today and the, the way we can keep in touch with family, but it does take intentionality. And I, one thing that I wish people understood was how isolated we feel sometimes mm. and, um, you know, how, how much we do need to hear from, from people, from family, friends, fellow believers, you know, the local body, 
lifting us up, even just a note of encouragement is is greatly appreciated, mm. you know, because it always comes at the right time. Yeah. You know, the Holy Spirit's very good about making sure that if we're having a really bad day, you know, someone reaches out and lets us know they're praying for us or, yeah. or we'll get a care package or something, you know, so it's, it's, uh, it's important to be faithful and, and to, and to just keep missionaries in prayer, yeah. you know? Yeah. Do you, do you feel, is, is there on top of sort of the, the peer loneliness, right? It, it, do you struggle with like a spiritual loneliness as well? Uh, just like there's not that support system of of spiritual peers or me, you know mentors or anything like that. I think it can be a struggle. Yeah, we do attend the international church there, and we also have some relationships outside that. I have a couple of men that I try to meet with regularly. Okay, but it's not the same. I mean, sure. even just we're used to our home church, sure, and we're so blessed by everything that comes out of that, both in yeah, you know, the musical worship and the teaching of the word, and it's just so different where we are. Mm. And uh, so I do think that there is some spiritual loneliness there. Yeah. But I also feel like the the advantage of that, if I can put it that way, is driving us closer to Jesus. Mm. Yeah. Like our time with the Lord is incredibly important, and I think that has grown deeper since we've been there. Yeah. yeah. But uh, we also have to be very um, intentional with making sure that we have that, that time uh, spent with the Lord. And, and also I, I did notice for myself, I had to be intentional with seeking out uh, friendships mm. among other missionaries, other believers who yeah. are there because I needed to be edified. I needed to be prayed for in my own language. I needed to be um, able to share my struggles yeah. and to someone who can relate Um so I was very intentional. Um, I think it was about our third year, um, seeking out an accountability group, mm. just other believers who would pray for me. We could encourage each other in the word and in prayer, and that was very helpful to me. All right, and and the last question that I always try to ask people, uh, just you have a, a what's a a favorite story from time on the field. This could be ministry. It could be something family. Just, just something that that sticks out at you that you think would be interesting to the listeners. Uh, I I thought about it, and there's there's a lot, right? How sure. Do you choose? Yeah. And yeah. I guess the the story that jumps out at me the most is probably because it's the most unique mm. out of our time there. A lot of the kind of neat stories are there's a lot of similarities. Yeah. Uh, but this particular story was I, we had had a guest come to stay with us. Okay. He was an Iranian American who had been praying about missions and he came and stayed with us for about three weeks. Our second summer we were there and he and I went on a backpacking and camping trip up into the mountains. Okay. And one of the things that we do there is we hand out audio Bibles, yeah. the solar powered audio Bibles from Devar. Yeah. And so I would always take them with us when we go on camping and backpacking trips. And so he and I had been trekking back into the mountains for two days so we were like a two days, you know, hike from anything yeah. remotely, you know, like civilization. Yeah. And what we often run into when we go camping there are shepherds, because all the trails that we use are shepherding trails. Sure. So we're two days back in the in the mountains of, of this country, and uh, we run into these shepherds, and they invite us to have lunch with them. Okay. These two two younger guys and one older guy, and in that culture, it's very they're very hospitable. They always want you to eat with them, 
And so we go into their tent and we're talking with them. And because they're shepherds, they're out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. They never have anybody to talk to. So we just we had a wonderful time of talking to them. And because they're out in nature, I always try to introduce the gospel and a conversation about God mm. uh, through nature, how beautiful the mountains are, what mm. the stars must be at night, and how they, they speak of God. And they were, they were very open to that conversation. Yeah. Uh, and then the food came out, and uh, they had some very stale bread, <laughs> and they brought out this, this metal can, and they started pouring something out of it into a bowl <laughs> for us to eat with them. And it looked like it might have been meat, yeah. but it kind of slopped into the bowl and made oh. weird noises, and it was kind of mucusy. And <laughs> I look at my, my friend, and he's looking at me and shaking his head, making these eyes at me, and... And I'm thinking to myself, I've eaten a lot of things since I've moved here. I am not eating that. Yeah. And thankfully, we had just eaten lunch prior to meeting these guys so we okay. could honestly tell them, like, oh, no, we're full. Yeah. And they, they insisted, they insisted, and we refused, and we refused. Yeah. And I'm probably glad that we didn't eat it because to this day, I don't know what it was. Ooh, yeah. It may have been, like, cow knuckles or some kind of sheep knuckles and some kind of viscous fluid. I don't know what it was. Um, but we didn't eat. We had some tea with them. We were then able to give them the audio Bible, and we played one of the stories, and we talked to them about God, and we shared the gospel with them, and then we we went on our way trekking further into the mountains. But it was just it was a fun time, and it was just so. I was I was very appreciative of the ability to share with them, and then just move on, not knowing what God's going to ever do with that. Yeah. But to trust yeah. that they have His Word, and uh, again, it was an interesting cultural well, they have experience. His word, and, and you uh, were able to divert away from. A tasty meal with the shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't should have asked him though to uh, go out and get a fresh kill. Yeah, I was saying you have Come hundreds on. of sheep out there. Let's yeah, like, come on, guys. Let's do it fresh. Let's do it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks again, guys, for your time. It's uh, it's been great getting to hear what the Lord's doing in the country you're at, and in your own hearts and the lives of your family. So thanks again. Thank you for having us. Thank you. That finishes our session with Brian and Stacy. Glad you were able to listen in. Please stay tuned for more episodes. As always, if you enjoyed, tell your friends and feel free to share. <laughs>